Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jehu. Cacao! Here to do the long-discussed and teased time travel episode. At least the first one. Yeah, it'll probably be multi-part because there are a lot of time travel movies. There sure are. Well, I think we first proposed this when we were arguing about Endgame and we were going to do it to coincide with Tenet, but then nobody gave a fuck about Tenet when it actually came out. So I think that's why it got so delayed. I mean, there were other things on our mind. Yeah, uh, this is going to be like 18 months in the making. But what's, what makes me sad about us doing this is Ian is the one who really hates time travel movies. <laughs> yeah, that's Correct. true. Uh, and so doing it without him feels like we're, gonna, we're just going to really miss out on that um, opinion. But I'm sure there are probably all time travel movies we all hate for probably similar reasons. I mostly just want to take – I want to rehash Avengers Endgame, essentially, is all I really want. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to there, I'm sure. I'm going to – like, you know, usually I'm pretty positive anyway, but I'm going to be on purpose positive on this to try to goad Ian into, uh, into rebuttal. I like it. Uh, so we I actually talked about time travel uh, a week or two ago on this podcast because I just watched a time travel anime uh, called Steins Gate. And uh, – I, I've realistically, there's kind of two categories that these these fall into. So the most realistic time travel movies, which we'll get into, are real are ones that uh, pretty much you can go forward in time, but you can't go back in time. But that's no fun. That's not really what time travel movies are all about. <laughs> that's not what anyone wants from time travel. Movies. Exactly. Uh, and so you know, once you once you get into the actual concept of uh, you know sending yourself back in time it tends to branch off into two lines of logic where you, it's either you can go back into the past and make changes that will affect your future or create a new branch of time that will, you know, have some different future than the one that you came from, or you can have a, you know, a, the, the, everything is deterministic. Everything that has happened or everything that will happen has already happened and will happen that way again. And there's no actual way to change it. It's just, you know, you're, you're just part of the loop, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. And the one exception that I mentioned for these, uh, which it, uh, hurt throughout a, a, an obscure reference that I don't know, uh, was the X-Men Days of Future Fast rules, where you kind of avoid the uh, running into your past self paradox by sending your consciousness back in time so you can still affect changes. Uh, but you don't actually have to deal with another you roaming around. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of, this is, I don't know if I necessarily count this as its own. I mean, I will for the sake of this podcast, but this one's kind of like the first one to me, but just kind of like a, like a cheat code almost. Like it, to me, it's very much like your actions still have consequences and stuff like that, just like a normal time travel story would but it's just a little bit of a cheap code because you don't have to worry about the two versions of you in the past type thing. Right. I, see, I was thinking about it uh, building up to this, and these are the categories I think they are. I think you put two into one category that are two different categories. Okay. I think there's, you, you can travel back in time and change the past, mm -hmm. uh, affecting the future. Like, you know, an example would be back to the future. You go back, you do something, the present's different. There's the second category would be whatever happened happened. So 
you know, that, that phrase comes from lost, but I think the, uh, I think the, the best example of it is probably the, uh, the first two Terminator movies, you know, in those, they're pretty ironclad of everything that's doing is just making the things happening in the future. It's a loop. Nothing you can do is change anything. Third one, I think is what the Marvel time travel is going to be once we get more into its effects, which is what you talked about, the branching. When you go back and change the past, there there's the, then becomes a branch of one where you change the uh, future and one where you didn't. Well, so, uh, go ahead, keep going. Uh, fourth category, I'm going to go with just calling it hot garbage, <laughs> which, is, which is any of the other Terminator movies. Also a good example of this type, type of thinking where just anything goes, sometimes it's predetermined, sometimes you change it is anytime Futurama did uh, time travel. But, you know, of course, they were making fun of it on purpose. So it was okay. I mean, and my, the, the important thing to note as we go through these is that almost no movie is consistent within its own logic. They <laughs> set true. up the rules and then they absolutely break them by the end. <laughs> and my fifth category is whatever the fuck Tenet was. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't Those seen my- Tenet, so I can't speak to that one. <laughs> So but, yeah, those are the categories I've got. But but to your to your notes about which one Back to the Future falls into, Back to the Future changes its own rules from one to two to three. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Uh, so so Back to the Future one is is your very first category. You back, go back, you change the past that changes your future, the one that you came from. Correct. Right. Correct. Uh, but then two, when when uh, Biff gets the the sports almanac, is the branching, correct? Right. right. I think two two. I think is the best. One is the best movie. Two is the best time travel movie. But then three, I don't think they even go back to the branching thing again. I think they just go back to Back to the Future one rules. They, they Am do. I wrong? <laughs> That's absolutely true. I had forgotten about how how wacky two gets when you when I was making those rules, but that is correct. No, <laughs> number two does have completely different rules than the other two. I also can't remember. So a lot of these, you know, as we talked about the cheat code of uh, of sending your own consciousness back, but I can't remember like what the justification most of the time is for like why you can't go and talk to your past self. Is there a say that again? I don't know that I track that well. This remember. is the hard part with time travel movies. Like it gets wordy and complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that happens in Back to the Future. I'm, I'm getting confused. Uh, the one, ones where, uh, you know, there's, there's two of the same person. You've sent yourself back in time and there's another version, older previous version of you. In Back to the Future 2, there is two versions of Marty in the past. And he has to avoid other right, okay, Marty. No, I'm not crazy. Yeah. But okay. what's the rationale for that? I can't remember. Because most think- movie movies do that. I think that in, in Back to the Future, it was if, he, if himself and himself interact with each other, time can implode. So <laughs> yeah, that's always the excuse. Science. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the space-time continuum will implode upon itself. Right. And everything will cease to exist. But why, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're the physics major. Yeah, right? I should totally get this. That's how, how an undergraduate <laughs> physics degree works. But yeah, I'll, I'll, let's, is, do we want to move on to Terminator? Because I feel like that's another great example of one that, that dramatically goes off the rails from its original premise. Well, I, I mean, I feel like the first two are pretty consistent. I mean, you leave the end of the second one 
with the idea that they think they could have changed the future. But uh -huh. you don't know that they've changed the future. It could all just continue the same way. I mean, it, it just, it, it seems odd because it seems like in Terminator 2, they would have known, like, they would have known that there would be a second Terminator coming. I, I don't know. I'm confused. Hang on. I'm confusing myself already. This is too early in the episode to be doing this bullshit. Right. I, right, th right. I think at some point we have to accept that, like, for example, with Terminator or Back to the Future, you have to look at it as an individual movie because, man, th they didn't know these other things were coming. Like, <laughs> it, why it, just, it, it just seems like if, what's his face? Is it Kyle, what's his last name? Kyle Reese. Uh, Kyle Reese, yeah, would be like, hey, there's yeah. another guy coming. Right, yeah, it seems like that would have been a topic of conversation, you know, before he, he <laughs> fucked off and died. Yeah, oh, by the way, I'm dying. One thing I should let you know, uh, there's another Terminator coming, and he's a way bigger pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so, so these movies, the first two, like you said, relatively consistent besides maybe some, some minor uh, logic gaps there. But then it kind of turns Final Destination-y, which is it's, it's almost its own kind of time travel logic. It's actually the, the anime that I just watched kind of has its own explanation for that, which I like, which is that there are like major threads uh, of time and, and there are like smaller threads off of those major threads that have small differences. Uh, and so in order to impact major change and switch to like another thread, another, a completely large branch of time, you have to make enough of a change in your timeline to, to like make a big difference. So I kind of like that logic. You know, they never explicitly say that in the Terminator films. I don't think that was really the intended effect, but you know, it becomes more of a judgment day is an, an inevitability regardless of how many Terminators they fucking kill or stop Skynet or whatever. Yep. Like, you know, the, I, definitely the third one, it takes that premise that they can put it off, but it's coming no matter what. Right. Uh, then the next third one, uh you know because they disregard that well i guess the next third one would actually be um would actually be the tv series which is probably the best follow-up of all of them i, I like that a lot Are you but talking the about next Sa movie sarah connor sarah chronicles yeah talking, yeah yeah that's a pretty good show off topic um, but pretty good show yeah no it is it's a good show i wish it would have continued further it, i mean brian austin green didn't even destroy it uh <laughs> uh but then, you know, with Genesis, it definitely just turns to just what the fuck ever, you know? <laughs> which, which, by the way, I think, even though I liked Dark Fate better, if they try to continue again, they should just go back to continuing Genesis. Because that, that seemed like it could have been a fun premise for more sequels. Hmm. Yeah, man, now that we're saying it, God, Terminator is so... I mean, I've always known it's complicated bullshit, <laughs> but man, sitting here listening to you all talk about it, as a person who has followed it for a long time, if I were a newcomer, absolutely the fuck not am I giving that a chance. I mean, look, <laughs> if, if you were a newcomer, I would sit you down and say one and two and stop. Good. Right. Right. I, I, I'd be interested to hear which category uh, the Bill and Ted movies fall under for you, Hurt. I just, oh, man, I feel like Bill and Ted is hot garbage, but just in the best possible way. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if Bill and Ted tries to have rules. Right. <laughs> It just well, is fun. Well, I mean, particularly because the first one, the first one, the time travel isn't even that much about affecting things. It's more about bringing things forward. So, so I don't really think they even get to time travel till the second one. And that one is a mess, but it's a fun mess. I, uh, there's a, a really depressing This American Life where they start talking to people about like, the, the, like adult people 
about the old question of, you know, flight or invisibility, which would you rather have? Uh, and to watch their adult brains, like, take the wind out of either option uh, <laughs> is, is one of, like, the, the most dispiriting things to, like, see the progression of childhood, you know, like, childhood wonder to, like, just adult reason and depression and shit. Uh, and, I, and I feel like you're right. Villain's head is just kind of skirted that. It's like, this is why people want to time travel. This is the fun shit. Ignore all right. the other stuff. I've listened to that same, uh, the same This American Life, and I, it, it made me think of my one idea for creating my own superhero, which would be a guy who can fly but is afraid of heights. <laughs> so he never does anything with it unless he's just absolutely fucking forced to. I kind of like the idea of you can only have your powers as long as you don't think about them too hard. Right. Oh, that's good too. <laughs> you can fly as long as you don't try to think about why you can fly. Because <laughs> if I could fly, I 100% would never do it because I would be afraid I'd be in the middle of it and it would turn off. No thanks. <laughs> uh, but time travel movies. <laughs> but time travel movies. <laughs> uh, those are like the, the, the big three of, of like franchisey kind of one that I had written down? Am I missing one? No, I mean, nothing comes to mind. Certainly Terminator Back to the Future and I guess Bill and Ted. Like, I, you know, I, my thing about Bill and Ted is I, don't, I feel like time travel is the least important part of that movie. For sure. <laughs> totally. But, the, you know, it does happen. Uh, so I guess I suppose it counts. Um, I mean, there are a lot of individual movies that I think time travel plays a really big part. They're known for their time travel. Butterfly effect, looper. Um, But yeah. Let's let's fucking sink down into looper for just one second. (laughs) I've only watched looper once, and my my immediate reaction was, I really like that. I'm never going to watch it again so I can poke any holes in it. I I think that's probably wise. The thing that drives me crazy about this movie is it's – it claims to be of the uh, the or your of your first uh, category there. Right. Go you know go back change your future, but there are just I mean a spectacular amount of inconsistencies in it. Uh, my, the thing that drives me fucking crazy about it is that whoever wrote that movie, which I think was Ryan Johnson, I think he writes and directs most of his movies, instead of like looking at those and like trying to like kind of pick a track. It just has a throwaway line by uh, Jeff Daniels. It's like, if you think about time travel too much, it turns your brain to mush. Fuck you, Brian Johnson. <laughs> Put some goddamn effort in. <laughs> that would be that would be like me writing a novel, at, like and starting like two chapters, then be like, and then some stuff happened, and then writing the ending. Fuck you. I mean, my my main argument against your argument, though, is again a movie you guys haven't seen, which is Tenet, because he thought way too much about it <laughs> and made something that was just you know i mean man it's a I, I haven't talked about it at all since seeing it on here but it it's a great james bond film the like james bond structure of that movie is fucking solid and really watchable and great performances but i you know people talk about his movies being confusing but i always find them to be very cause and effect and once you get to the twist everything makes sense hmm. I think this one was designed to be like that, but I didn't get it on the first try. Maybe someone could explain it to me, but it definitely, it's just, it puts too much thought in the parts of time travel that aren't fun. Fair, which is just, fair enough. Just, he's, yeah. he's exactly that mis- This American Life uh, subject. Yeah, no, totally, 100%. Uh, but on that note, I actually had a whole category of probably like the closest to 
like accurate time travel if there is such a thing and i I put down interstellar in this one because a lot of the time travel in interstellar is like you know actual time travel the the, Mm -hmm. you know people experiencing time at different rates and then they kind of pull the wormhole bullshit at the end for uh going the backwards in time stuff uh but you know again scientifically relatively accurate is it is it more fun because it's more scientifically accurate i don't think so no, I don't hate no. that. I don't hate that movie, but I think that the uh, the scientific exposition is is what drags it down the most. I, I think that movie's. I think that movie is a good movie. It just didn't live up to the movie that everyone had decided that movie was going to see be before they saw it. Yeah, that's fair. Another one that I think is is might surprise you, but I'm putting in the truest category for, for the same reason: Planet of the Apes. Mm, right on. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can agree I can with that. that. Yep. Yeah, they they, uh, they get stuck in a spaceship, uh, experience dramatic time dilation, and come back unknowingly onto the same planet long, 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 long time later. Uh, but no rules have been broken. Very, <laughs> very realistic time travel. The opposite of that would be the uh, Tim Burton remake. <laughs> I imagine so. I've never watched it. Oh man, you! I I recommend everybody bags on that movie. And Doesn't it's it have Marky Mark in it? It has Marky Mark in it, and you really got to see it because the but just because of the twist at the end. Because the twist at the end is my favorite episode of Treehouse of Horror. Okay, yeah. So yeah, if it's ever on cable, just watch it. And then uh, it's not really a time travel movie, but I just wanted to mention it. Idiocracy. It could happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That definitely. I think that fits more into. Uh, into how I describe the running man, which is highly accurate speculative fiction. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Uh, I would say those Planet of the Apes and Idiocracy kind of have the same time travel mechanics. That's yep. a, I would put that in its own category, but falling asleep. What about falling asleep? That's the category. That's what they did. They fell asleep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought I, I was thought so that fucking was just, confused. I thought that was just some new aggressive take you had decided to make I, about I know, critiquing our podcast. Why we were making? It. I was really confused about what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, all I right, he's he's over, he's brought out the steel chair. He's turning heel. Oversimplified cryogenics and all that bullshit. They slept right. for a long time. That's what happened. Uh, Buck Rogers is the same premise. Uh, one of the other categories I wanted to uh, to bring up is ones that are actually pretty consistent to their own rules. And I, uh, on, a, on a side note, and we might get into more of these depending on how much time we want to spend on this, there's a whole subgenre of romantic time travel movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which is seems kind of weird, but hey, you know, it's a thing. Uh, but one that I think does it weirdly the most consistently is uh, The Time Traveler's Wife with Rachel McAdams, one of the time travel romance movies with Rachel McAdams. Uh, it, it's a deterministic world. Uh, it, it only, everything has always happened the way that it happens. It's just Eric Bana experiences it real differently than everybody else. Right. Uh, but, you know, they, they, uh, they stick to their guns, which I appreciate. Yeah. Realizing that movie wasn't for me, I liked that movie fine. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other uh, one is, is, oh, God, what were we going to say? No, you go ahead, because I think you'll, I'm almost sure you're going to talk about what I was about to talk about. I don't think I am, so <laughs> well, go, go for it. I'll do mine. Uh, another one is a movie I just watched recently, which is a, kind of an Ethan Hawke indie movie called Predestination. Right. Uh, which, again, it's, it's kind of a deterministic-y world, but 
it's it's confusing it's definitely got a uh it's got issues outside of the time travel that are, are kind of logical quandaries things right. that that keep you scratching your head but within the time travel rules very consistent also really good movie i recommend it what what was what was the Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock one with the time traveling mailbox. It's uh, the lake house. The lake house. I, here's everything I have to say about the um, quality of the lake house. In like 2008, there was some dude who wanted, you know, this is back during living the life. There was some dude who wanted to propose to his girlfriend after watching the lake house. So he rented out an entire theater, sat in there with her while we played it through the projector from a DVD, not even a fucking Blu-ray, a DVD. Uh, and then after it was over, he got up and proposed to his girlfriend. He never picked up his DVD. The Lake House DVD was left in the thing. When I left that business in like 2018, 2017, whatever, that Lake House DVD was still sitting in the projection booth. No one had stolen it in like 10 years. <laughs> And that's your review of the lake house. That is my review of the lake house. Beautiful. I, I do want to wrap up with Avengers Endgame in just a second. Uh, but some, some just, I think, required notable entries here. Uh, Donnie Darko, which I think, I don't, you know, I, I'm curious. Do you guys feel like you all loved this movie when you watched it the first time? Maybe not I hated, loved. I hated but... this movie. I've only watched it once, had a terrible time. Cannot do it again. Uh, you know, I watched it after, like, way late, after everybody had decided they loved it, and then everybody decided that they hated it, and it went full circle, and I watched it, I gave it, I put it in the category of just a movie. It, it was stylistically cl uh, cool to look at, but mostly it was just a bunch of garbage. Yeah, it's just a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal's angstiness. Yeah. And a, and a man in a, in a bunny costume. <laughs> The why are you wearing that man suit is a great line. There's a, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll stand by this movie. Uh, it's definitely in the, uh, the, the change your own future category, but it, everything about the mechanics are super opaque. So, you know, if you're going in to figure out how the time travel works, you're watching the wrong movie. If you're going in to figure out how anything works, you're watching the wrong movie. Right. Uh, and then the other one I feel is required to mention is uh, 12 Monkeys, which is, uh, you know, uh, not super dissimilar from Terminator in premise. It's a dystopian future trying to go back and, and uh, fix the past at a pivotal moment. I can't remember how this movie ends. Do they solve anything? Do they fix it? I, in fact, have never watched this movie. I, I'm positive at some point to sound smart. I told somebody I did, probably a woman. But, uh, but I've never watched this movie. It's, uh, it's, it's you know, one of the, the more fun, weird Brad Pitt roles. It will remind you of Fight Club Brad Pitt, which might taint you because it's just been overdone. But he's still right. pretty fun. And Bruce Willis, this was Bruce Willis before he gave up on acting. So, right. you know, it's, it's a pretty good time. Uh, yeah. I, without seeing it, it does seem like the exact moment that Bruce Willis stopped caring about acting and Brad Pitt started. <laughs> that's fair i like it uh are there any other ones you guys wanted to to hit up before we, we touched on endgame i just Is wanted oh well, i i want i didn't really get a word in on 12 monkeys i just wanted to say oh, that it's, it's a pretty good movie it's a cool time time travel movie i think all around it's just a good dirty movie um it's really dirty and it's pretty not dirty like profane everyone is very unclean in it uh, <laughs> but jay hugh i'm surprised you haven't seen it because it seems like you're kind of shit 
I, I honestly cannot explain to you why I've never watched it. I never like made a decision not to watch it. Just I somehow keep not watching it. Fair yeah, enough. I, I want to watch the show because it looks pretty good too. But yeah, you should check it out. I think you'd like it. Now we can go nope. to Endgame. I don't have any uh, other movies, Joseph, to your other questions that we haven't already talked about. That's fine. I feel, I feel like there should be a Stephen King time travel movie, but I can't think of one. Is there a Stephen King time travel movie? Man, there's uh, there's so many I've written down that we're not getting to, so if there is, you can look it up and f- save it for the next time. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, before we get into Endgame, actually, another superhero movie that did time travel first, Superman the movie. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's true. That's true. Yep. Very, uh, again, own category. Spin the earth backwards. Yeah, I think that's, what, what, was, what was your fourth or fifth category there, Hurton? Uh, uh, no, the fifth category was whatever 10 it is. Uh, fourth category was hot garbage. And hot garbage. I think that's what this yeah, one counts as. that's probably true. Because the way this works, there should really be two supermen. Yeah, no, you're, right. you're right. You're right. Once he stop, once he stops the Lois from dying, he would have then no reason to go back in time. So there should be two Superman. That's very true. This is That's... my thesis. Carry on. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 the thing is, with this one is, uh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think he could have just saved Lois and not done this. And then they could have used this ending where it was supposed to be used in Superman 2. Because it really, there's no real reason it has to happen that way. Is that, except they were like, man, we have to come up with some fantastic finish. Like it was an ending that was written in there just because we need a cool ending. Not because that was really ne- the necessary ending to this story. So yeah, I've, I love that movie, but I've never liked that part. And this actually transitions well into one of the reasons that uh, Ian hates time travel movies so much <laughs> is that particularly in, in like franchises like Superman, uh, it breaks the rest of the universe mm. because then Superman should solve all of his problems with time travel <laughs> in the future. <laughs> right. uh, which leads us into Avengers Endgame, which uh, Ian firmly believes is wrong, doesn't make sense. Uh, and breaks everything, and I'm excited to hear Hurt's argument for why it doesn't. Well, okay, the thing is, I'm not going to say it doesn't break everything. It totally breaks everything, but I think the way it breaks everything is we'll see the fallout in later movies, and we'll be entertained. So I did want to say this. Joseph, when, uh, not to interrupt you, Jay, I want to go back to it. No, when go you, for it, go for it. The alter, alternate timeline, how did you classify that in your two or your three uh, different time travel theories. That would fall into the second category. Okay. In okay. That if, you, if you make changes, it creates a branch. I forgot see, there's a lot that don't do that. Carry on. Y- yeah, we'll see like Back to the Future 2, you know, it has repercussions and ki- you know, maybe could be an alternate timeline, but this movie makes it a point to say, oh, th- that timeline is totally separate it, from yeah. this new timeline we're in. Uh, that timeline is fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sucks to be those guys. Um, that's why I ask, because th- this movie makes a point to try to explain that uh, to you. All right, continue, Jehu. Well, I mean, I think the, the thing that annoys people about this one the most is, you know, and by people, I don't just mean Ian. I've heard, heard other people griping the same way, is that there is an inconsistency within its logic. And I don't... Oh, we lost you. Hang on. Come on back. 
That's weird. <laughs> so, so that so, guy was what? just hearing a fair amount about Avengers Endgame, huh? <laughs> but yeah it was the dude i work with i don't know why my ear decided to dial someone this week and your ear of, is uh, very talented it really is uh so yeah you know uh okay so the you know the big thing with this is people think there is an inconsistency in the time travel of this and i think that stems from when they travel, you know, they, of course, have to travel back to get all of the Infinity Stones to bring them forward to undo the snap. If you're a person who didn't watch this movie that everyone on Earth has watched. Um, when they do that, get, getting one of the stones, Thanos follows them to the future. They kill Thanos in the future after having already killed him in the middle. So I think this leads people to believe, well, if you did that, then that's an inconsistency in the time travel. That's, that means that he was never there to do the snap in the first place. Why did they even do it? Then you get into everyone has a problem with, well, if Cap went back to the past. I think this is the big one. I think this is the one that most people have an issue with. How does he not change everything? You know, how does, how does, how does him not being there change everything? But I think both of those things are completely consistent with the branching time travel. It's just that we've always been in the branch where Cat traveled back to the past. Does that make sense? I think I'm following. So it's like, you know, everybody's thought about this, it, thinking about this is very linear and it shouldn't be because it's time travel. So, so like, say for example, with Thanos, when they bring Thanos forward in time and he dies, there was still a Thanos that made the snap. There was still a Thanos that Thor cut off his head. So that makes a branch in the timeline where there wasn't. So there's some other reality where Thanos never did the snap because he died two years earlier. But also that brings you to there's also a reality somewhere where they never fixed the snap. Anytime they're changing this, there's different things. So when Cap went back to the past, he yeah, he would have had to change the, uh, change the past just by existing there. But I think that the only one of the only one of the Marvel movies that take place in both timelines is First Avenger. After that, they branch off, and we've never seen a movie that didn't take place in the timeline where Cap goes back to the past. And as long as he lived in secret, that all works, every bit of it, except for the weird part where his niece didn't recognize him. Yeah, no, that's movie. fair. Who he let you but you know what? I've got uncles I couldn't pick out of the lineup. I think uh, I think the way I've kind of settled this is another category. Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. That there's just a loop there. That those five years or whatever, uh, the timeline separates after it, and then connects back five years earlier. Like um, instead of like jumping five years. I think the answer is, you know, it breaks off at one point and it rejoins somewhere else. Um, I don't, I still think, you know, all the Spider-Man movies happen in the same, the same timeline. I think everything still happens. I think the only real question mark with how time travel works in, in Endgame, and I'm sure Ian will send me a million texts why I'm wrong about this. The only question mark is Captain America. I think everything else pretty much makes sense. If you can put the stones back exactly at the second they were taken, what is the uh, 
really what are the repercussions? Hmm. Well, I mean, but then the, you also run into Loki took a stone. They never got that stone back. So there's two versions of one stone. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, you know, because I mean, the stone that Cap, you know, took from the past was before that. And then he took it back to that, but it would still, in one of these branching timelines, have never been recovered. So also, that would be another timeline where unless Thanos recovered it in a different way, he would have never done the snap. I would say this. I think I have always just chalked that up to being answered in the Loki show. I mean, I think a lot of everything with these shows, like, like I think a lot of people are looking at like, oh, they did a sloppy job of this and it's, they're never going to address it. I think they really set it up to where they have to address it. They want to do stories about addressing how, you know, how much, you know, time got fucked up by fixing the snap. Yeah. And on that note, they also have kind of given themselves an out within Endgame to at least get out of time travel logic for a while uh, and, and having it not be a, uh, an automatic fix everything that they could, they could and probably should pull at any time. Uh, because in the universe where old Cap is there, all the Infinity Stones have all been destroyed. Right. Well, I mean, have they, though? That's well, the other question. <laughs> are, they, are they back in existence? Because, you know, now Thanos, his head got cut off, or, or you know, not his head got off, but, uh, you know, died, was, was snapped away? Or are the stones still destroyed? I guess if you put them back in the timeline before, they still end up destroyed, but I don't know. It is confusing. Well, shit. You know, I wanted this to be like a, a full three-person smackdown for Ian, but now we've just confused <laughs> ourselves. So we may have just proven his point. Well, I'm I know I'm I'm still confident in my version. Again, I think that I think the time travel works in the movie. I think the problem with time travel in any movie is it's all is based on your understanding of whatever the writers intend it to be, and and it's a complex issue that probably doesn't freaking work. I mean, like Interstellar is probably the closest to working. And then the secret to that movie is love. Like there's always a point where we just got to jump the shark when it comes to time travel. <laughs> right, right. There's always at some point you got to, uh, got to admit this wasn't really about time travel. It was just about the shit we could do with time. Travel. Correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's really what it all boils down to. <laughs> I'm not even uh, sure oh, yeah. this episode had a current theme throughout of it, other than us just arguing about how all of these movies don't make sense. <laughs> That is, that's the theme of all time travel movies. That's fine. Uh, is there anything else we wanted to get in this one? Or we want to save it for, for later? I feel like we've spent enough time on this realistically. I, I, yeah. I feel like I had, I had more to say on Endgame, but we just, that was such a poignant wrap up. I'm not going to ruin it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's part one of time travel movies. There's still plenty that we haven't gotten to, so we may be coming back around to this one. Maybe when the rest of us watch Tenet. I don't know. But yeah. If, uh, if there's any that we, uh, we missed that you wanted us to talk about or uh, logical gaps that we missed or your theory on Endgame, you can tell it to us at realfilmdays.gmail.com. In the meantime, what have we been watching this past week, guys? Are we starting with Mando again? Oh, yeah, Lan- Mando. Yeah. Yeah, uh, episode two. The Passenger. No Boba Fett. Nope. Uh, the Mandalorian takes a frog lady and her eggs. Uh, traveling to a planet to meet her mate and things go horribly awry and they're attacked by spider monsters. Um, I like this episode. I thought it was a pretty good filler episode. 
Uh, and it, it was definitely filler, but it was fun filler. I don't understand yeah. what co- constitutes a filler. Is does the filler just const- mean that it's not pushing a larger arc forward? I would say that. I mean, I think this episode does drive Mando forward and yeah. maybe Yoda forward. Um, I think there are lessons to be learned here, uh, but I don't think it drives like the narrative forward. Right. Right. I'm I'm a, I'm against the term filler because I don't think that there needs to be like a season long arc every episode, but I think I you mean, think it comes with a negative connotation. And I, I don't do. Think that's true. I mean, definitely what people, how, did, how many, did, what other context is filler a good thing? I mean, I just, it's, it's fine labeling something what it is, which is that it doesn't drive the narrative arc forward. I think that's okay. So that, that has a purpose. That is a, you know, it gives time for the Mandalorian to learn a lesson here, which is the stuff. So don't, don't, the <laughs> I think that's filling. <laughs> I mean, same thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, our definition of filler today is what just television used to be, you know? Yeah, right. Get, you know, you'd go through, you know, you'd have a character and it'd go through a thing and at the end of it, your character is exactly the same. Um, and, you know, I mean, that that's definitely what this is. So, I, I mean, but there there was a, I don't know, there was a, something about this that I almost don't feel like, like, I guess it's filler in that you could not watch this episode and still completely understand the overall series. Agreed. But that doesn't mean it was a bad episode. It was Agreed. totally a good episode. I think, I think the term filler is born out of that uh, not Diego Luna guy in that lost episode about the jewels. That's where it gets <laughs> negative. That's where the negative connotation. Sure. Right. Yeah. But I like this episode. I thought this episode, I said this in the text, but it's like a love letter to Dave Filoni because one, he's an X-Wing pilot in it. Um, mm-hmm. Two, it uses a monster that he pulled a lot of in Star Wars Rebels. Right. Um, so I think there were a, f- a few things that were just like, hey, we were acknowledge what you've contributed to Star Wars in this episode. And I feel like the everything about the uh, chase through the ice caverns with like the hundreds thousands of uh, the ice fighters of various sizes was really effective yeah uh, i feel like there was a way to make that where it was you know kind of dumb and there was a way to make it where it seemed really scary i think they achieved what they wanted to get this is actually a pretty scary episode for this show yeah i'm i mean definitely uh you know you know i'm assuming we're already talking spoilers so yeah, yeah talking spoilers instantly uh, you know uh it's uh, you know there's a point where you're like, well, they've got no fucking way out of this unless someone helps them. And then help shows up. But, uh, but at that moment, it was like there was a genuine feeling that they were fucked. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what did we think of the baby Yoda slurping on the eggs bit? It's, it's funny. The internet like, had really uh, divisive reactions about this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were like, down on baby Yoda. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, as a father christian this <laughs> resonated with you because i feel like it's just like it's just part of the territory yeah no it didn't bug me at all uh <laughs> the slurping sound was kind of gross but look i mean two parts I love that there. effect yeah I, I'm assuming it was practical because it looked practical it, it was, was so good i think there are two parts to this number one because uh, i watched this with my wife and kate's like man that that little kid just doesn't give a shit and uh <laughs> i'm like well to be fair like He's watching this dude just murder people all the time. Like he's got to be desensitized to the thought of the loss of life. Like he's just like, whatever, this looks yummy. I'm going to eat it. Number two, those aren't fertilized eggs. Who, you know, that's like yep. eating a chicken egg. Yep. Like what's the difference? I'm with you. 
I mean, kids like to stick shit in their mouths, yeah. you know? I mean, I, I am not a parent, but it seems like uh, parenting is mostly keeping kids from sticking shit in their mouths. Dude, it's the first three years. That's all it is. <laughs> Don't choke on that pin. That, you know, stop putting that shit in your mouth. One of my favorite stories of my buddy Chris and his kids, uh, he used to work at Waffle House for a long time, and his family came <laughs> and ate and, and visited him. Uh, and so they were there with uh, his wife and his oldest son, who I think was like five at the time, uh, came in, had a meal, uh, were walking on their way out. And like right before they got to their, the door, his oldest son just reached over and grabbed the waffle off a plate of a random person and just stuck it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and both, both Chris and his wife were just like horrified. Like, I don't even know, like, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's man. great. That's great. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I mean, Disney usually tries to tries to steer clear of anything controversial, but it seems like somebody had to know, man, this is going to give birth to a thousand think pieces. And, uh, and you know, I feel like it, it may have been even a little trolly to, uh, to this, but I don't really see a problem with it. He's sticking stuff in his mouth, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there is more to it than we give it credit for, but uh, it did not bug me at all. It's, yeah. It, it, yeah. I liked this episode. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, Ian said, I think it was like one of his favorite episodes ever, which is shocking because Ian typically hates filler episodes. That's but he true. also loves new things. That's true. He does. He does. Give him a few rewatches and he may not like this episode <laughs> That's as much. That's true. Yeah. Um, but so far, I think the season has started off, you know, just like last season. The first really couple strong. Of episodes yeah. are real strong. Yeah. So I'm excited. What else you got, Christian? Oh, yeah, that's right. I typically go here. You do. Well, uh, Joseph, I don't know. Did you watch Young Justice? I did watch all of Young Justice. Okay. Okay. So before we get to that, since we'll both talk about it, uh, I, I started Titans because I finished Young Justice and I was like, well, might as well. And uh, I'm only three episodes in. I'll, I'm sure I'll finish it by next week. I'll say this. Uh, they weren't just advertising it as a dark take of these characters. It is a dark take of these characters, and I don't know how I feel about it. So <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep going. The only other thing I watched was uh, Peter Jackson's World War I documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old, mm, Yeah, um, which is really, really well made. But it is not like just dinner time television like it's not something you want to sit down and watch with your kids uh i don't know if i just downplayed world war one in my head or what but uh it seemed pretty freaking awful uh after watching this documentary um yeah those were some and it's weird because it's it's completely narrated by people who were there and so they're just like these old men british voices that you would imagine talking about like you know, uh, stereotypical tea, crumpets, soccer, you know, kind mm -hmm. of bullshit. And uh, they're all talking about how they'll all just be sitting on a post. There'll be like five of them lined up taking a shit. And then all of a sudden, like a ballista will explode in the air and hot metal will be spraying down upon them. And they got a turd coming out of their butt. And uh, you're like, man, this is literally my worst nightmare. Um <laughs> And it sounds terrible, but it sounds really sweet coming out of their old British men. Mouth. <laughs> um, Everything sounds better that way. Uh, yeah, like Richard Attenborough narrating the death of millions of people being eaten by mice. Um, it's, oh. it's very strange. 
but uh, it, it's a strange combination because it just feels like an otherworldly thing. It did make me think about how World War One is only 50 years after the Civil War. So if you look at like the horrible conditions of things like, you know, like the people, the soldiers in the Civil War were in, like there's still a lot of similarities and the jump between World War One and World War Two, technology-wise, is really astronomical, mm. um, and so it it is very interesting. But again, not for the faint of heart. It's pretty depressing, pretty sad, uh, but really well made. Better that that seems to play into my theory that the further you go back with wars, the bigger enemy poop becomes. <laughs> yeah. So when you get far enough back, that mainly poop is what the war is the most dangerous thing in the war. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, they definitely, it's something they cover very early on is how they <laughs> took poops. Um, and then I watched Young Justice. I watched all of Young Justice. I finished it. Excellent. I like the second half more than I like the first half. But man, this plot is really complicated and kind of convoluted. Well, it, it's funny because uh, one of the things I praised it for when I, whenever the last season came out, like a million years ago, whenever, at least whenever I watched it, is that I feel like it is the most accurate like comic portrayal in the sense like the universe is just full of all the weird complicated comic book bullshit uh but it's completely unapologetic about it in fact it like flaunts it you know like the clone shit the bat family like all the silliness uh and ridiculous things that like leans into it um and i i've i liked that about it but now it's it, the third season has become my problem with comic books in general, which is that everything is just too fucking convoluted and complicated at this point. Yeah. Um, and they've just, they've, like you mentioned in the past episode, you know, they've, they'd kind of been following like the new generations each time they did the time jump. Um, that's kind of the central focus. And at this point, there's just too many characters that they feel obligated to spend time with to really spend time with any of them. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I, you know, I made that complaint last week and then I kept watching. I was like, oh, these, these characters from like season two do play a bigger role in the second half of the series. However, then the, compl then the complaint to me became, well, why do we have the new people at all? Like, let's just not include all that because now you're balancing 20 characters right. versus 10 characters. Those are, <laughs> those are like main characters, you know, and they're still, yeah. like, you know, literally everyone else in the, the DC universe, including like spouses and parents. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's not as good. It's the worst of the three seasons. It is the it, worst of the three seasons. I it's mean, it's, not, it's still good. Like, it's still yeah, very agreed. watchable. Agreed. It's still better than a lot of, you know, cartoon superhero television. Um, but it's just not nearly the product um, that the, la the, the first two seasons were. I was really, I was really anticipating Wally to come back, though. He's, uh, he's still coming back. Yeah, I mean, they teased it a little bit, but I was—I really thought that was going to happen at the end of that, uh, at the end of that season. But yeah, it was not, not spoilers. But I don't know if that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a spoiler. It was uh, it was not as climactic as I think I wanted it to be in the end. Yeah. Oh, dude, I I had one point I wanted to talk about this, and we hadn't talked about why is Kyrie Payton play every single black person? In I know that it's show? it's kind of <laughs> fucked up because. Like, I'm not saying uh, Kari Payton isn't a, a capable voice actor, but, like, one-third of the black guys he plays on that show are just cyborg. Right. There's like, even it's, a point where mostly, another character goes booyah. I know. It's, it's, it's not it's, cyborg. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. 
I, 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 surely there are more black actors. I mean, I, look, there's a lot of characters in this show. They probably have to repeat, but. Well, I, 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 I just in general hate when they, you know, decide and on any show, hey, two or three guys can just do all the voice acting. That's exactly what turned me off uh, on the uh, Venture Brothers because it just got to the point the cast kept growing, but it was just, you could tell it was just the same two guys talking to each other. Fair enough. I think they reminded me a lot of um, in Rebels, uh, Liam O'Brien plays a lot of the background Imperial officers. <laughs> and there's, right. a, there's a moment when an Imperial officer is interrogating a farmer from Lothal. And Liam also plays the farmer. <laughs> so he's just interrogating himself. Um, <laughs> and there were like five moments of that where it's like Black Lightning is talking to Aquaman. And Kyrie Payton's both of them uh it that, that it just feels pretty shitty like there's got to be more black actors out there we can get on this show i mean that's literally every episode of family guy but fair enough okay i mean the i god god forbid i ever defend the family guy but there they did make a pretty good joke out of that once where uh lois's dad meets the doctor and they realize they have the exact same voice and basically they just think well in the beginning, we never thought there would be a reason for these two characters being in the same room. <laughs> like, that's just dialogue in there. I thought that was pretty solid. But uh, Anyway, Hurt, what have you been watching this week? You know what? I, I, decided, I decided I'm going to cede my time for what I've been watching because there was a time travel thing I forgot to ask. And it's stupid because you set me up for it, Joseph. But I'll go ahead and I'm going to ask you guys this now. Okay. If you had the ability to time travel to one place in time, that's the only place you could do what would you do and why? Wait, hang on. Do you get to come back? You get, you get, you either, that's, that's optional. You can come back or not Oh, shit. Back. Okay. Wait, I, I don't really want to go back. I, I guess. Is this an open question to anyone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly, I certainly don't want to go back anywhere and stay because right. there's, there's nowhere I'm going to be more comfortable than right here, realistically. No, that's true. As much as we complain about right now, like there's this, this shit's way better than it was 200 years ago. Right. right. I probably would, I really would like to go back to when like My Chemical Romance was popular again and maybe, you know, just relive the late oddies. I feel like that was a good time. I enjoyed it. Lost was on television. I know. That's that's kind Uh, of, I'm tempted by the same things. I was like, I just want to go back to the things that I remember fondly and appreciate them more. Yep. A hundred percent. I want to do that. (laughs) That, I, I'm so happy that we all three picked the same concept. Not any betterment <laughs> of man, not any experiencing an important moment of history. Mine is a little different because I would want to experience something I wasn't old enough to appreciate, but I wouldn't want to go specifically to Minneapolis in the late 70s, early 80s. I could, uh, all the classic wrestlers uh, wrestled in that area during that time. Uh, you know, uh, Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon Machine, Bolt, Hulk Hogan, uh, the um, Jesse the Body Venture, they all went through there. But also, I could see the replacements. I could see Husker Du. I could see Prince playing yep. in clubs. Uh, so that would be my pick. Fair enough. That's a good one. None of us wanted to kill Hitler, and I think that's okay. <laughs> Dude, you kill Hitler, somebody worse. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just feel or... like I would fuck up killing Hitler. Yeah. Like, like someone with better life skills than me can take up the killing Hitler cause. I'll just go back and watch some wrestling. That <laughs> seems fair. Something that you're good at. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all I got. Fair enough. Uh, this week, uh, second, well, second to last official Ghibli film, we might watch one more that's co-produced. 
Uh, but second to last Ghibli film, Ocean Waves, the only movie that's not directed by uh, one of the Miyazakis or his direct protégés. These were a bunch of young studio uh, artists who got together and pitched a movie and were allowed to make it. Uh, and subsequently, that has not happened in this studio again. Uh, it's not bad. It's, uh, it's essentially just a movie about kind of like late high school, early college relationships. Not necessarily like romantic relationships, but just kind of, I don't know, how weird and, and random it is to just like be popping in and out of people's lives uh, when you don't really have like a really solid group of, of you know, your people yet. And I think it captures that pretty well. It's like, it wants you so hard to be nostalgic about it. Like the, the music, <laughs> the lighting, everything about it is just like trying to beat nostalgia into you. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's, it's better than Transformers. I enjoyed it. There's plenty of worse ones uh, in the catalog. You know, just probably not like the most fun or uh, unique of the, uh, of the selection. Uh, I'm catching up on Fargo. I watched all of season three. Uh, which was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, not as good as one and two, right? but still pretty good. However, I started season four and I'm not digging season four so far, which is, really? which is a bummer because again, on paper, we've talked about this on paper. This should be all of our shit dramatically. Right. Uh, but yeah, like I, I don't like, I don't like Chris Rock's character very much. I don't, I don't know if Chris Rock one can sell it that much. And two, like, he doesn't really seem to be that much of a capable leader. Right. De- definitely Dr. Senator seems more like he should no, be. No, for himself. sure. Yeah. Which, which I mean, I, I know why they do that, but they also should establish why Chris Rock is actually in charge. Right, right, right. right. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I just finished episode five, so maybe it's going to work up to it. But so far, it's just been like a lot of, a lot of fucking threatening people, you know, in rooms with conversations and random anecdotes without a lot of actual action happening. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm only on episode three and I, I just keep running into, I'm at the end of the day, I want to watch something, but my brain isn't ready for something this dense. So I watch like, you know, Law and Order or some shit like that. Sure. Instead. Yeah. Uh, however, the girl that plays the nurse in this is fucking great. Like she's terrifying. I hate the fuck out of her, but she's yeah. really good at it. She is so fun to dislike, totally. Yeah. And then the one other thing I wanted to mention just before we left on, have you watched uh, this episode of uh, the newest episode of Critical Role, Christian? Yeah, I'm caught up. I, I still haven't finished the whole episode yet. I'm, I'm uh, getting, you know, it's, we're in the Yeti battle. Um, but holy shit, if Critical Role doesn't fucking illustrate and sell that fucking children's book that Liam just wrote apparently i know uh, man. they're fucking missing out hurt because you don't watch the show you know it, it's all like it's an improvised story right over a game of of D and i guess just for the hell of it uh for for the the sense of a deeper narrative one of the characters or one of the actors playing one of the characters wrote an entire children's story that he read uh, like a children's book that he read on the show and it was really good it's like, fantastic it's really really good Man, <laughs> can't you see that i the whole time i pictured that in like miyazaki like animation style like that that felt I, like a gym i mean it's it's definitely inspired by the cat returns there's yeah, a yeah there's definitely a, a cat in the of, top hat yeah yeah I, if if, uh, if they don't do that they're just throwing money away i i, w- I would buy the shit out of that book 
Yeah, that was that was a a real that was a, a great moment. It was also really fun to watch the whole cast be like, "Is did he like take? Is this a real story? Did he make this the whole time?" Uh, it's it's really good. Yeah. You know? The uh, the only thing I wanted to say before we finish, Jay, did you ever finish Haunting at Blind Manor? I did. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is. It, it was totally really good. Yeah, I, I I still prefer the first season quite a bit, but it was solid. Yeah, I I think that last episode is a really beautiful moment. The, uh, the the last episode reminded me a lot of the not quite as aggressively gut punchy, but a lot of the last episode of Six Feet Under. You know, like it was just like a really long goodbye. Yeah, I honestly, if that had been the whole story of her, like, like to me, that was the part they crammed into one episode. That could have been like three episodes of yeah. her just trying to live her life that way. That would have been right. really, really interesting to see. Probably would have preferred that to the, the black and white episode. I didn't love that one so much. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the black and white episode, when, when, when we were done with that, Sarah's response was, that's fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a gravity well. Oh, oh okay. Of souls. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, anyway, I think that's it for this week. I think next week we had talked about maybe doing uh, pitching, uh, just general biopics. Yeah, are we going to go with that? Sure, pitch a biopic. Yeah, I'm game I, for that. So, yeah, I, I think category doesn't matter. Whatever genre you want to put it in, but just a, yep. a biopic. Historical figure or figures. Okay, I'll have to do some thinking on that. Uh, so uh, join us next week for that. If you have any uh, suggestions for uh, biopics, people who deserve it or people that would just be fun uh bands historical figures whatever uh send it to us at realphonies gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook and twitter at realphonies and on instagram at real underscore phonies uh please rate and subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast again we will probably do a part two on time travel eventually just because you know it's gonna come up again right <laughs> uh thanks to zach evans for our art and brian velasquez for our theme we'll see you guys next week Later.